I'm sure you've heard this before, but it said everyone has a book inside of them. Cool, but it goes on. But it does no good unless you pry it out. Now, that's a nice quote and everything. Sounds a little bit painful, but it's a nice quote. But I think it needs updating because nowadays everyone has a podcast inside of them. But it does no good unless you record it. So if you currently find yourself with a little bit of extra time on your hands, maybe now it's finally time the world heard what you had to say. So let's do it. I'm going to show you how to get started recording and editing audio using the program Audacity. that song. Anyway, back to basics. What's Audacity? Audacity, spelt A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y, is software for recording and editing audio. It's what I use to create the Double Tap Canada radio show. In fact, it's what I'm using right now to record this. I love it. It's free, open source, available for Windows, Mac and Linux, and best of all, it's accessible. Now, it's not your only option for an accessible audio editor. There's Reaper, which is very popular. There's Amadeus, Goldwave, even GarageBand. But for me, Audacity is a great place to get started. Anyway, let's do just that. Let's get started with where to get it. Well, you download it from the Audacity website, obviously. And that's www.audacityteam.com. Org. For you Mac users out there, make sure you go through the Audacity download page carefully, because for the Mac they do have a special screen reader version of Audacity, so make sure you grab that one. Anyway, once you do download it, installation is really straightforward, there really isn't much to do. By default, when installation ends, Audacity will open. Easy! So now that we've got Audacity open, what do we do next? Well, before anything, the first time you run Audacity, you will get a Welcome to Audacity dialog box. This has got some useful links of where to get help, but if you don't want to see it every time you open Audacity, navigate to the Don't Show This Again checkbox, hit space, then tab to the OK button, hit Enter to dismiss the message. Now, before we record anything, let's quickly run through how Audacity is laid out. Don't worry, it won't take long. Oh, and let me just say, I'm using the Windows version of Audacity, but of course, if you are a Mac user, the keyboard shortcuts will be mostly the same, except you may have to use the Command key or the Option key in conjunction with a letter. But you'll be able to figure it out. Anyway, of course we have a standard menu bar right at the very top, which you access by hitting the Alt key. But besides that, there's three main parts. At the top of the screen, we have the toolbar. In the middle, taking up most of the screen, is the track view area. And at the bottom, a selection toolbar. Pressing Ctrl and F6 will jump you between these three areas, but you always start in the track view area. It's here where any audio you're working with will be displayed. Visually, the audio is displayed as a waveform running from the left of the screen to the right of the screen. And it's here where you do any of your editing or recording. Anyway, let's take a look at these different areas. I'm gonna press Ctrl F6 now, and it will jump me down to the selection toolbar at the bottom of the screen. Project rate, HZ, combo box collapsed. 
there you go. Now that we're here, we can just press the tab key to go through all the options in this area. Snap to combo box off collapsed. And tab again. Audio position 00H05M18.585S. And so on, you get the idea. Now, the selection toolbar, which is what this area is called, is used, surprisingly enough, mainly for selecting audio. But to be honest, I never use this toolbar. I ignore it. It doesn't exist. There's other and easier ways to select audio. So let's move on. Control F6 to jump up to the toolbar at the top. Pause button. So here we are in the main toolbar. And as you heard, the first item was the pause button. Again, to move through all the items here, just use the tab key. But again, just like any toolbar in any program when it comes to us as screen reader users, the majority of the functions and items up here we can access using keyboard shortcuts. So you really don't need to spend much time here. Now with that said, there are a few items here which are important and you should know about. So let's take a look. If we hit the tab key about 12 times, I think we'll come to this. Recording volume slider 100. And next to it, Playback volume slider 100. If you find that when you do record something, the volume is too low or too high, obviously you should adjust the recording level here. And the same for playback. To adjust these sliders, just use the left or right arrow keys. Anyway, if we keep tabbing on, eventually we'll come to this next set of controls. Audio host MME. Recording device line in. Cirrus Logic CS4206B. Recording channels 2. Stereo. Recording channels. Playback device headphones, Cirrus Logic CS4206. Now, these controls are really important because they tell Audacity how you want to record or play back your audio. If, for example, you want to use a USB microphone to record, then make sure it's selected under the recording devices. And if you want to record in stereo or mono, you can change that under audio channels. And obviously the same for playback devices. Now, if you're unsure about any of these settings, then just go with the defaults and see if they work. To be honest, it's the recording device that you're probably going to be most interested in. So let's get to actually doing something in Audacity. First things first, let's jump back to the track view. Remember, Control F6. And firstly, let's try recording something. Okay, you're going to love this. To record something, simply press the letter R. I know, how simple is that? When you finish, just press the space bar to stop. So let's give it a go. I'm going to hit R to start. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two, testing, one, two. <laughs> okay, space to stop. And that's it. We've now recorded something. To listen back to the recording, just press the spacebar again. You can think of the spacebar as your play or your stop button. So when I press the spacebar now, the next thing you're going to hear is the recording playing back. Testing, testing, one, two, one, two, testing, one, two. <laughs> okay, space to stop. And there it was. That was my recording. While you are recording, you can also use the letter P to pause. Press it again to resume recording. And again, when you've finished, press the spacebar to stop. Also, as a quick tip, if you want to double check that you are actually recording, use the command that's in your screen reader that will read the status bar of a window. So for example, with NVDA, if I press caps lock, shift and end. Recording. 
Disk space remaining for recording, 62 hours and 20 minutes. It's really handy, and believe me, there's nothing worse than talking for an hour only to realise you forgot to press record. What? Yes, I'm looking at you, Stephen Scott. <laughs> anyway, obviously there's a bit more to it than that, but that's the basics of recording. But what if you've already got an audio file that you want to open up in Audacity? Well, it's easy. You can either use the menu bar by pressing the Alt key, then navigating to File, and then Open, or far easier, just press Ctrl and O. This will open the default file browsing dialog box for your system, and using that, just navigate through to find the audio file you want to open. It's as simple as that. Once you've opened a file, it will appear in the Track View area. I've got one here that I've opened from DoubleTap's very own social media guru, Andy, thank you, Andy. And again, to play back the file, just press the spacebar. Tune in to Double Tap Canada. Thursdays, <clears throat> 8pm Eastern, on AMI-audio. Oh, he's got a voice like golden syrup. Beautiful! Thank you, Andy, again. So there you go. Now you know the Audacity interface, you know how to record vocals, and you know how to open files. Whew, okay, still with me? Bored yet? No? Good. And even if you are, too bad, because we're going to carry on. Let's run through playback and how you actually move through the audio. So we've got some audio in Audacity, either by recording or opening a file. As I've already said, to start playback, you just hit the spacebar. And to stop it, hit the spacebar again. What's happening on the screen visually when you're playing back audio is that there's a line, or a cursor, if you will, running along that waveform, showing you exactly where it is in the audio file. It's actually called the playhead, but let's just call it the cursor. Now, when you record something or open a file, that cursor will always be at the beginning of the audio on the far left. So when you hit the spacebar, playback starts from there. But what's important to remember is that when you press the spacebar again to stop playback, the cursor doesn't stop and stay at its current position, instead it jumps back to where it started from. So when you hit space again, playback will start from that position instead of where you actually stopped it. Does that make sense? Tune in to Double Tap Canada. Thursdays. So I've stopped playback by hitting the spacebar and the cursor has now jumped back to the beginning of the file where it originally started from. So when I hit space again, Tune in to Double Tap Canada. It doesn't resume playback from where I stopped it, just before he coughs. Instead, it plays from the beginning. Got it? Good. Now, why should you care? Well, the thing I'm trying to get across here is the importance of the cursor. Even though we can't see it visually on the screen, it's important to visualise it in your head. It just makes it easier to understand how this all works. If you want playback to resume from wherever you stop it, Instead of pressing spacebar to stop, press the letter X. This will stop the playback, but it also leaves that cursor in its current position. And that current position becomes the new start position. Think of it like a pause button instead of a stop button. I'll show you. So let's press spacebar again to start playback. But this time, after he says the word Thursdays, I'm going to press the letter X to stop instead of spacebar. Tune in to Double Tap Canada. Thursdays. I've hit X, the playback stopped, and the cursor has also remained where it is. Now when I press the spacebar... <clears throat> 8pm Eastern on AMI-audio. There we go! Easy! Now we can also move that cursor by using the left or right arrow keys. 
So when the audio isn't playing, if I tap the left arrow a few times or hold it down for a few seconds, the cursor will move towards the left, towards the beginning of the audio. So in this case, it will move back towards the word Thursdays. So hold the left arrow for a couple of seconds, and now if I press the spacebar, Thursdays, <clears throat> 8pm Eastern, you can hear that the cursor has moved back and the starting position is now in the middle of the word Thursdays instead of after it. If you want to jump backwards and forwards through the audio in bigger jumps, then press the shift and greater than or less than arrow keys, also known as the full stop and comma keys. These jump the cursor through the audio in 15 second intervals. Now remember I said that this is when the audio isn't playing. And when you move the cursor and the audio isn't playing, wherever you move the cursor to becomes the new start position, where playback or whatever will start from. If you use the same keys while the audio is playing, the cursor will still move through the audio, a bit like fast forward or rewind. But when you stop playback, the cursor will always jump back to where it started from. Unless, of course, you press the letter X. Okay, take a breath, because boosh, I know, it feels like it's blowing your mind. It does sound confusing. Really, don't worry too much about it. As with anything, the more you use it, the more comfortable and familiar it feels. Okay, we're nearly done. Well, with playback at least. But there is one more thing I want to tell you that I use all the time. It's really important. And that's the left square bracket. It's the key just to the right of the letter P on your keyboard. Pressing the left square bracket while audio is playing back will mark that position as the new start position, but it won't stop playback. Playback will continue on. But more on this in a minute. If you press the left square bracket when audio isn't playing back, you'll get a dialog box. This will tell you the current time of where the cursor is in the audio. So something like 3 minutes 15 seconds or whatever. Now, this is useful for a couple of reasons. Firstly, obviously, so I know how far into the audio I am. And secondly, using the left, right, up and down arrow keys, I can adjust that time in the dialog box. And when I press enter, the cursor will jump directly to whatever time I set it to. So imagine I've got a recording that's an hour long and I want to jump to the halfway point. Instead of skipping all the way through the audio, I can just press the left square bracket enter 30 minutes into that dialog box, press enter, and bang, the cursor starts there. It's really useful, but the way that you set the time is a little bit fiddly, as I said, use the left and right and up and down arrow keys. But trust me, you'll use this all the time. Okay, we got through it. Well done, everyone. Now, let's move on to how to clean up and edit audio. Okay, come closer, because I'm going to give you the dirty little secret about audio editing. At least when it comes to Audacity, but I'm pretty sure it applies to most of the other ones as well. Here it is. The best way to approach audio editing is to think of it as nearly exactly the same as editing a text document, as you would in Word or Notepad or TextEdit or whatever. In fact, specifically, it's like editing a line of text because we're working from left to right. If you want to jump to the beginning, press the home key. Jump to the end, press the end key. To move through it, just use the arrow keys. 
And if you want to cut something, copy something, paste something, delete something, change something, add an effect to something, then firstly, you need to select it. And you even use the same keyboard shortcuts, such as Ctrl-C to copy, Ctrl-V to paste, Ctrl-X to cut. See? It's easy. And if you think of it that way, it all starts to feel a little bit more familiar, a little bit more comfortable. Anyway, now you know the secret, let's get editing. So we have our audio in the track view area. Now if I arrow up or down, track one selected row. It tells me I'm on track one and the noise tells me that I can't go any further up or down. There's only one track. It also told me that track one was selected. Now to avoid confusion, I like to call this enabled instead of selected. If I press enter on a track, it will toggle between enabled or disabled, or as it says, selected or unselected. When a track is enabled, it means you can make changes to it. If it's disabled, then you can't do anything to that track. So what's the point of this? Well, if you're working with just one track or audio file, then none really. You'll always want that track enabled so you can make edits on it. But Audacity is also a multi-track editor, which means you can work on multiple files at once. So for example, when I'm editing the radio show, I've got Steven's track, Tim's track, my track, and the music track. So in that case, I use the up and down arrow keys to move through the various tracks. And if I want to edit something on Tim's track, I make sure that's enabled, disable all the others, and make the edit there. And that way, I'm only editing Tim's vocals, no one else's. Okay, let's get back to Andy's audio, which is track one. Oh, and another quick tip. You can name a track whatever you want. So instead of track one, I could call this Andy. To do this, press shift and the letter M and this will bring up a track menu. There's lots of options here, and one of them is name. Hit enter on that, then just type whatever you want to call the track. Anyway, there's an obvious edit that I need to do to Andy's audio. We need to get rid of that cough. So how do we do it? Well, the first thing we need to do is select the audio we want to change. And when it comes to making a selection, just like in text editing, it's all about cursor position. Ah, now you know why I spent so much time in playback. Ah, it all makes sense, you know. So there's a few different ways to make a selection. But let's stay in the text editing theme and select by using the shift and left or right arrow. So the first thing we need to do is get that cursor in the right position. I need the cursor start point to be just before Andy clears his throat. We could get there in a few different ways. We could use the left or right arrow keys or the shift greater than less than arrow keys to skip through the audio. Or we could press the letter X just before the cough to stop the cursor there. Or we could use the left square bracket. However, whatever way you do it, it doesn't matter as long as you get it in the right position. Now, I've got my cursor's start position just before the cough if I press spacebar. <clears throat> 8pm Eastern on AMI Audio. Sounds about right. Now, just like in text editing, yes, I know I keep saying it, if I hold the shift key down while I move the cursor using the left or right arrow keys, it's also selecting audio. So, if I hold shift and hold the right arrow down for a few seconds, one, two, three, four, and let go, now when I press the space bar, it will play just the audio that's been selected. <clears throat> Ooh, nearly, but not quite enough, so just repeat it. Shift and the right arrow. I can either hold down the right arrow or I can keep tapping it, it doesn't matter. Here we go again, shift right arrow. One, two, three.
three, four, and let go, and space. <clears throat> 8 p ah, and this time I've selected too much. I actually did that on purpose, honest. Just so I could show you how to shrink a selection. So to move the end of the selection back, I'm going to hold Control, Shift, and left arrow. One, two, let go, space. <clears throat> ah, perfect. I can also adjust the start of the selection in the same way. If I held shift and left arrow, I would move the start of the selection further to the left. So it would start to select the word Thursdays. To move the start of the selection further to the right and towards the cough again, I would press control, shift and the right arrow. Anyway, using the shift and left and right arrow keys to make a selection is great. And it's fantastic for smaller edits, you know, if you want to edit just a word or even syllables, then it's perfect. But there is another way, and it's probably the way that I use the most. And that's by using the left square bracket, remember that one, and the right square bracket, which is next to the left square bracket on your keyboard. As I mentioned during the playback segment, the left square bracket will place the cursor wherever you want, and that becomes the start point but you can also use the right square bracket and that will mark an end point. And when you set an end point, all the audio between the two positions is selected. So let's say the audio is playing back. If I press the left square bracket and then the right square bracket, a selection is created and the playback just carries on. If I press the left or right square bracket while the audio isn't playing back, then we get the time dialog boxes popping up and we can enter a time for the start point, and in the case of the right bracket, a time for the end point. Anyway, look, let's just try it out and I'll show you what I mean. So first thing we need to do is get rid of the selection I just made. To get rid of a selection, just move the cursor. So we could press the left arrow or the right arrow, or what I'm gonna do is press the home key to jump to the beginning of Andy's audio. So let's try to select that cough again. This time, I'm going to hit space to start the playback, and then just before Andy coughs, I'm going to press the left square bracket, and then when he's finished coughing, I'm going to press the right square bracket. Here we go. Space. Tune in to Double Tap Canada. Here it comes. Thursdays. Left. <clears throat> right. 8pm Eastern on AMI-audio. And spacebar to stop. I think I did okay there. Again, whenever you make a selection, pressing spacebar just plays back whatever it is you selected. So let's take a listen. <clears throat> oh, pretty much spot on. <clears throat> That's enough of that. So, actually, that was pretty good, but let's say I got my timings wrong. I hit the left square bracket or the right square bracket either too early or too late. Well, I can adjust the selection in exactly the same way as I showed you just before. I can move the end of the selection further out or further in with shift right arrow or control shift left arrow, or I can move the start of the selection either way with shift left arrow or control shift right arrow. Using the square brackets to select audio means you can easily and quickly select a large amount of audio. But to be honest, besides that, when I'm actually doing an edit, I just find it easier to use this method. I'm listening through the audio, I find something that I want to change, I'll hit the shift less than to jump back 15 seconds. And when I know what I want to select is coming up, I will use the left and right square brackets. 
Anywho, however you make your selection, once you have made it, you can do anything you like with it. You could press Ctrl C to copy it to the clipboard, Ctrl X to cut it to the clipboard, Ctrl V to paste it somewhere else. You could press the Alt key and jump up to the effects menu at the top and add some reverb to it or whatever effect you wanted. Or you could just press the backspace key to delete it, which is what I want to do in this case. But before we do any of that, let's make sure that the selection is right. To preview what it would sound like if I deleted that selection, I can press the letter C. And what this does is play the audio just before the selection and just after it. So just like I've pressed the backspace key and deleted it. So let's do that now. C. App Canada. Thursdays, 8pm East. Perfect. That sounds okay to me. So let's do it. Let's hit the backspace key to delete that selected audio. And when you do this, the selection obviously disappears. And the cursor stays where the start of that selection was. So if I hit space now, it would play back from where Andy says 8pm Eastern. But let's listen to the whole thing. So I'm going to hit the home key to jump the cursor right back to the start. And let's play it back. Tune in to Double Tap Canada. Thursdays. 8pm Eastern on AMI-audio. Boosh! Beautiful! Ah, okay, so as I said before, I know it sounds confusing, and it is a little difficult to explain, but once you get used to it, once you do it a few times, you'll be fine. When it comes to selecting audio, one of the most difficult things when you can't see the screen is obviously knowing how much audio you're actually selecting when you're pressing the left or right arrow keys. Again, it's something you do sort of get a feel for the more you do it. The secret is lots of previewing with the C key or space to play back your current selection. And if it's not quite right, adjust it a little bit more and preview it again. Now, with that being said, there is something that does affect how much audio is grabbed every time you tap that arrow key or hold it down for one second. And that's the zoom level. I know, sounds strange. Zoom level, we're not looking at the screen. Why should it matter? Well, it does. Let's say you open an audio file that's an hour long. Audacity will try and fit as much of that waveform, as much of that audio onto one screen as it can. And to do that, it needs to zoom out from that waveform, meaning that the audio is more squashed together. Now remember, this doesn't affect how it sounds, but how the waveform looks on the screen. Now that you're zoomed out, every time you tap the left or right arrow key to move that cursor, it's going to jump through more of that audio. And likewise, if you zoom into the waveform, it will move through less of that audio. So if you need to do a really small, really fine, intricate edit, you would zoom in, allowing you to select smaller slices of the audio and therefore be more precise. To zoom into a waveform, press Control 1. And to zoom out, Control 3. Usually, I never need to zoom in or out any more than two or three times. But you can reset the zoom level to default by pressing Control 2. And actually, I say you should do this every time you open a file or record some audio. Always press Control 2 to make sure the zoom level is set to standard or normal. Wow, that went on for a long time, didn't it? Man, I've got a boring voice. Anyway, that's about it for selecting and editing the audio. But what do you do now? Ah, oh, yes, I'm afraid there's still more, but not much. So we've recorded the audio, we've edited it. That doesn't sound right. Edited it. 
we've made changes to it, and we're happy with the results. So all we need to do now is save it, right? Whoa, no, not quite. If you just hit Ctrl and S now to save, what you'll actually be saving is the Audacity project, not an audio file such as an MP3 or WAV. So for example, if I press Ctrl S now, I will get a save file dialog box popping up. And if I called this project Andy and hit enter, it would create a folder called Andy underscore data, which contains all the bits of audio for this project, and also a file called Andy.aup. If I want to come back to this project and make other changes, then all I need to do is open the Andy.aup file. And Audacity will start up with all the tracks for that project. To make an actual audio file out of your project, you need to export. To do this, press the Alt key to go up to the menu, File, and Export. There's a sub-menu there, and you can export as MP3, WAV, and lots of other formats as well. Simply give it a name, hit Enter, and it will start exporting. When you export a file, sometimes you will get a tag dialog box. In here, you can enter things like artist name, track number, album, you know the sort of thing. To be honest, I don't bother with this. I just hit escape to get rid of it. And that is about it. Well, of course it's not. There's a lot more to it than that, but this is more than enough to get you started. But before I go, here's a quick rundown of some things I think you should know. Firstly, Audacity has an amazing manual. Honestly, it's one of the best I've seen. And not only that, it's really screen reader friendly. And I don't just mean that it's accessible by us using a screen reader, I mean, it specifically mentions screen readers in the manual. It's great. Check it out in the help menu in the menu bar. Talking of the menu bar, check out the effects menu and the generate menu. They're the two I use the most during an edit. There's a lot of effects you can play with, but the ones I use the most are amplify for changing the volume levels of audio and noise reduction. Definitely check that one out. It allows you to remove a background hum from audio it makes it sound cleaner. And in the Generate menu, I use the Silence option a lot. It's useful for a couple of different things, like cleaning up audio and for positioning audio. For example, the intro music right at the very start of this piece, I moved it to where I wanted it by generating a 25-second silence at the very beginning of that music audio track. I then adjusted it a little bit, cut pieces here and there to get it in exactly the right position, but that's the workaround for when you can't use the mouse to just drag the audio where it needs to be. Anyway, that's it. Well done for getting through all of this. And don't forget, you will be frustrated. You will get confused. You will get annoyed. But don't beat yourself up about it because we all go through it. But you will get there. It just takes time. Believe me, I know. It's taken me hours to create this. Anyway, give it a go. Because... Go!